0: This is Ozarks at Large. I'm Kyle Kellams. With me in the studio is Haim Goodman-Strauss. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning, Haim. He is a math professor at the University of Arkansas. And with us on the phone, a guest is uh, Paul Nahan, here to discuss his new book, Mrs. Perkins' Electric Quilt. Hey, Paul. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. And I should add that the subtitle is And Other Intriguing Stories of Mathi- Mathematical Physics. Yeah, I have to say it's a fantastic book. I've really enjoyed and um, looking at it and reading it. Uh, what's Can you tell our... Uh, audience what's the premise that you're exploring here?
1: Well, actually, uh, what I was trying to do is to explain to my readers or show by illustration to my readers how closely intertwined physics and mathematics are or can be if they're used I think to advantage uh, with each other uh, they're not, i don't think I don't think of them myself as two really separate and distinct subjects, but very closely interrelated.
0: Of course, Some historically, of the greatest
1: mathematicians in the past were, were also physicists.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of fun examples in here. Uh, can you tell us about mosquitoes?
1: Yeah, you know, that's interesting. The, the idea behind the original mathematical research, which, by the way, as I mentioned in my book, was actually done by a medical doctor, uh, Sir Ronald Ross. Uh, he was trying to figure out... Um, You know what? What the flight characteristics of of mosquitoes are away from breeding pools, and uh, and he he formulated it as a very simple problem in probability. Yeah,
0: that's pretty interesting. The um, the whole thing about random walks is such a fascinating topic with so many applications. It's um, kind of surprising uh, that it comes just from mosquito breeding pools.
1: That's where, in fact, I uh, a little bit. I think some of the earlier discussion on. Random walks began maybe a few decades before that uh, from mathematicians, but they tended to be fairly, um, how should I put it, Uh, more in the context of puzzles, you know, interesting mathematical puzzles. And I think that Ross, Sir Ronald Ross was the, I may be wrong on this, but I believe he was at least among the first to formulate it in terms of a physical problem. Right, you know, tied to the propagation and migration characteristics of mosquitoes, um, and I think that probably from what he did then, um, a lot of what we talk about in undergraduate probability classes, both engineers and uh, mathematicians, uh, springs from his work. And uh, so I tried to tried to set that all up in that chapter and uh, to show the reader how how. Um, some simple mathematical analysis really leads, I think, to some profound physical results.
0: How long does it take to fall from heaven to hell?
1: (laughs) Oh, that one of the chapters in the book. One can actually, if you make some appropriate theological assumptions, you know, whatever that means, and I I tried to be careful when I did this in the book. I didn't want to be uh, too outlandish, but uh, one can actually come up with some numbers, which, you know, probably don't have a an awful lot of physical significance, but, you know, given that if you accept the premises from which you start, everything follows in a logical way, and um, I think it keeps people's interest up. It kept mine up. Yeah. Uh, although, I think if you read uh, one of my little footnotes, you I think I mentioned um, somewhere in that discussion that... Whether that had anything to do with the speed of a bat out of hell, uh, you know, we still don't know that. Physics is not able to answer that question, and neither is mathematics. I was hoping by saying something like that that I could let the reader know that my tongue was firmly planted in my cheek when I wrote all that stuff. The yeah. math and the physics are proper. I make no claims for having any connection with you know, things actually falling from heaven to hell.
0: That reminds me, you know, in the book, is I guess in that same chapter or nearby, you discuss um, a problem I've loved for a long time of if you drill a tunnel through the earth from any between any two points, mm-hmm. the time to fall from one end of the tunnel to the other is exactly the same. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful a, it's problem.
1: A, it's a very it's, surprising and, result. And it's
0: surprisingly short, too, only 42 mm-hmm. minutes.
1: That's right. That, I, I think that uh, even people who have seen that before in... Look at it again over and over. It still, it still makes you sit back and think. I wonder why that is. You yeah. know, even though you can follow every step of the derivation.
0: I wish it'd be nice if they do that. You know, if we get to Tokyo in 42 minutes. You know,
1: yeah, you know, it's an engineering town trick. But yeah, some people have uh, even proposed that almost uh, semi-seriously. The, the the tremendous engineering difficulties in in doing these things. Right. One thing I did mention in my book, uh, since I live here in New Hampshire, I'm not very far from Boston, which, uh, now I don't know about, uh, you're you're sort of in the middle of the country, so you, I don't know if people are really familiar there with the big dig, you know, the oh, thing sure. going on in Boston with the tunnels. And what an absolute fiasco <laughs> that has, uh, I mean, the tunnels are open, people are driving through them.
0: It cost a little bit more than first estimated.
1: Yeah, $20 billion, wow. and I'm not making that number up. Uh, The tunnels still flood. There's a tremendous amount of flooding coming in because the concrete was apparently not mixed right, either intentionally or unintentionally. Uh, There was a motorist killed a couple years ago because one of the ceiling tiles fell down on a car. It was glued in place. They glued the tiles in the ceiling, Uh, these big concrete uh, tiles that weighed a couple tons each. So, you know, I'm, my point in bringing all that up is is that here we have a tunnel under Boston, which is sort of, you know, you cross your fingers when you go through it. And then if you had a a hole in the ground that said jump in and exit in te- Tokyo, <laughs> you know, would you jump in? <laughs> right. Especially if it was built by the people who built the big Dig. T-
0: I have to say, I, I enjoy the humor in the book. It sort of uh, runs throughout, just the selection of the problems, and sometimes it's more explicit.
1: Well, you know, I, I appreciate you you telling me that. I I um, I've told my wife that I I really wouldn't work on any of these things. It takes me about a year and a half to two years to write a book, and I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't put up with it if I wasn't having fun. Mm-hmm. And I, I can probably get away with saying that because yeah. I'm retired, and uh, I did a lot of my earlier writing when I was tenured, uh, <laughs> so I didn't have to worry as much as I would, you know, if I was looking for tenure while I was uh, teaching.
0: Yeah, maybe we Uh, should just mention, I've enjoyed, I mean, I've I've read a number of your books and uh, we should just mention a few of them. Uh, Digital Dice just came out, uh, was it a couple of years ago?
1: Yeah, something like that, right.
0: That's very nice, uh, sort of using these experimental methods to answer difficult probability problems.
1: Yeah. yeah, that ties in again with the same idea with Mrs. Perkins' electric quilt that I'm trying to see. I'm trained as an electrical engineer, actually. That's what I uh, my position at the University oh, of I Hampshire see. was, and but I love mathematics, and I've tried to keep a foot in, in you know one foot in each camp and not get too far off, uh, you know, into the wilderness of one subject or the other, and that and that, and my my sense my odd sense of humor, according to my wife. Uh, I've tried to bring them all into the book. I have had to be careful, though. Sometimes, I, especially in my earlier writing, I'd get a little carried away.
0: Uh, so I wanted to ask, you know, in your preface, you have some, I, it's very thought-provoking, maybe even a little provocative. Um, why? I wanted to just to read one of the quotes that you put in there That okay. um, by Eugene Wigner, or Wigner or Wigner, Wigner. Um, I'm
1: not sure about that.
0: Well, anyway, the Nobel Prize winner, and he says, uh, The miracle of the appropriateness of mathematical language for the formulation of the laws of physics is a miracle which we neither deserve nor can explain. Yeah. Do you agree with that?
1: Well, I do find, uh, and I think Einstein himself actually said something similar to that um, in an essay back in the 1930s, Similar, similar spirit of, you know, that we just don't really understand why mathematics seems to be such a wonderful way of describing physical reality.
0: I mean, it's now, amazing. Now, I'm sorry? It is really incredible.
1: It, it's, it's always so amazed me, I and I don't, you know, claim to be a Wigner or, or an Einstein, but I think that anybody who really studies either subject for very long has to has to be amazed and and, and pleasurably astonished at how powerful mathematics is when it comes to describing the physical mm-hmm. world. Now, so I guess some people can argue that that's because you know the, humans have made up mathematics. I'm not quite sure about. It. That's a big argument too, isn't it? whether sure. math is always there, and we just discover it or whether we invent it. You can get
0: into a bar-rim brawl with a bunch of mathematicians on that one.
1: Yeah, I can imagine that there, that people could have very powerful arguments on either side and convince everybody of everything. Um, I'm not sure which side I'd come down on that. I, I guess I do tend to the, to the belief that mathematics is really something inherent. In other words, the mathematics of Martians would be the mathematics of Earth people. I I, I tend to believe that myself, although I couldn't tell you why? I just, mm-hmm. That's a spiritual thing, almost. Um, but, and then, of course, the mathematics works so well, because then we, we sort of formulate physics in a way so that the math works. Right. You know, it, Maybe it's a, it's a catch-22 kind of thing. But however you look at it, it really does seem surprising to me. I, I, in one of my books somewhere, I forget where, I did comment that you can write down all the laws of physics that are known uh, in a couple of pages of mathematics. You don't have to write very small, either, to do that. Yeah, And and then everything that we see go on in the world, things that we can predict, and then go in the lab and measure and say, yep, that's what happens. You know, it all comes out of those relatively small number of mathematical equations. And to me, that's just awe-inspiring. Yeah. Can I make a plug for another book while I'm here? Not mine, another author's book. While we're, yeah, while we're definitely, talking? of course. Uh, because I think your readers might like this. It's uh, it's by Mark Levy. Um, it's also published by Princeton, and uh, he's a professor at uh, the Univers- at Penn State. It's called the Mathematical Mechanic.
0: Oh, I haven't seen it.
1: Using physical reasoning to solve problems, and what he did. I was really amazed when I saw this. He he sort of turned it on its head. He he uses physics to to prove math theorems, and in my book, I often use. the
0: did well, a little I do bit the of same that same sort
1: of thing. I yeah. do that, and I also go the other way too. Yeah. I think. But uh, Levy has has devoted his entire book to using physics to explain or not to explain. He even admits up front he's not really proving anything. He's giving plausibility arguments. Um, but they're very convincing because you have this physical image in mind Yeah. That he's developed. He does all sorts of neat stuff there in his book, and so I think my uh, my book uh, and his book are sort of a uh, companion books, actually.
0: Well, wow, I have to look at that.
1: Yeah, take. A, I think your readers or your not your readers, your listeners <laughs> would probably find that to be a, a, a quite interesting book too.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Paul. It's a pleasure to finally have a chance to talk. I've enjoyed your writing for years. and uh, Well, thank you very much. Thank, congratulations on the book. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.